to know the name, know the genius in you, where in a single moment you can recognize your brilliance and change your life. This is a transformational hour that covers an array of topics that demonstrate how individuals use their native talents, as shown in their name, to look at the ordinary in extraordinary ways. Now, Albert Einstein once said that everybody's a genius. Why would one of the smartest people on the planet declare that everyone is a genius unless he knew that to be true? I'm your host, Sharon Lynn Wyeth, creator of Namology Science and author of Know the Name, Know the Person. And in each weekly show, you hear the fascinating ways other people have discovered the genius in themselves and what they were able to accomplish. At the end of tonight's show, you'll hear clues on how you can recognize your own innate genius. Now, all over the world, people have many, many diverse interests. And in that vein, people have asked about different occupations, areas of life that have highly interested them. People have written to us and asked, how do highly successful people manage to achieve their genius mindset when they use the gifts that are seen in their name when we use nameology science? So how does someone express their creative talents? And how does someone share those gifts with others in such a way that all benefit? Our expert tonight is Dr. Rena Shin, who has developed her genius in the area of plastic surgery. Now, Rena Shin is a medical doctor and the medical director of Adonis Cosmetic Surgery and Spa. She earned her bachelor's degree at Harvard College with honors and received a medical degree from the University of Illinois. She has been practicing general surgery in Pueblo, Colorado since 1997 and has expanded her practice to incorporate cosmetic surgeries since 2008. Dr. Shin noticed that there was a curious phenomenon among her cosmetic surgery patients that she never experienced with her general surgery patients. Some of the patients might have dramatic improvements in their looks after the surgery and yet claim that they couldn't see any difference before and after. While she was puzzled over these repeated episodes, she discovered that Dr. Maxwell Maltz had described the same type of findings in 1960 when he wrote Psycho-Cybernetics, mainly that everybody had a deeply held self-image. And unless that deeply held self-image was changed, any external improvements of the patient was not really going to make a result in any improvement overall. So Dr. Shin has been incorporating the teachers of Dr. Maltz in an improved technique called Feedback Control Mastery for the past 10 years. That's what we're gonna be talking to her tonight about because it's been helping her patients realize that they had to change the internal self-image, not just the physical aspects, but also in their relationships, career, and finances. Welcome to the Know the Name, Know the Genius in You radio show, Rena. It's so nice you could join us. Thank you so much, Sharon. It took us almost two months to prepare for this one. So I'm so excited and I'm grateful that you invited me to this interview. Well, I couldn't wait. I just had a lot of people that were on already scheduled. So okay. can you describe how you got started doing cosmetic surgeries versus just general surgery, including when did you know that you want to be a doctor and why cosmetics? Well, let's see, that's a loaded question, but uh, let's go from the earliest one, which is when did I know that I wanted to be a cosmetic surgeon or, or a, sur a doctor at all? I was probably about four or five. You know, back then, you know, my dad was uh, the, the hero. So he was the um, uh, a pilot during Korean War. I said, Dad, I want to be a pilot. And he said, mm, we have a Y factor issue. And I said, what's that? Well, you're missing Y factor, meaning I only have XX gene instead of XY gene. And I said, well, <laughs> so I said, well, my dad was a wisecrack even back then. So I, I told him, well, then I want to be a doctor. I want to be a surgeon. And he also cracked up and said, uh, no, the, again, Y factor. You know, nobody makes a surgeon in Korea back then. You know, I guess women are supposed to do pediatric work and maybe gynae work and the family practice. That's about it. You know, women don't go into surgery. But I said, well, it's not illegal. I will prove it to you. So that was my goal from age four or five to be a doctor and especially a surgeon. But I didn't think I would be a cosmetic surgeon because I thought I was more traditional 
general surgeon. You know, I was chief of surgery in a uh, state hospital and I was doing a lot of uh, general surgery trauma and limited vascular work and all that. But in 2008, there was economic crisis and the hospital that I never thought it would close because it was like 135 year old state hospital had to be closed. And that's where my position as a chief of surgery was. And I had an option of going back to being a uh, general surgeon and trauma surgeon, but I had one year old at that time and I felt that it was just not fair because he would have never seen mother at all. And that's when I decided to open my practice as a cosmetic surgery. And I went ahead and got further training in uh, cosmetic surgery. But that's how I became a cosmetic surgeon from general surgery background. Wow. And it's important for doctors to be home with their little kids. I mean, I watched my sister with two little ones at home go through med school and God bless her husband and weekends. Right. And even then she was always studying with those index cards. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. This is the part of the show where, you, where we interpret a portion of our guest's name. Are you ready? Absolutely. I've been excited about this for quite some time now. Mm -hmm. Okay. So your name tells us that you're really after the truth. You want the truth no matter what. You know, it's better to have the truth even if it's hard to hear because you cannot tolerate somebody not giving you the truth. I mean, it's like no patience. Once somebody's lied to you once, it's like they have no value in your world and you may need to be polite, but you really don't want them in your world anymore. Your name also says that you have a rebellious streak. You don't want to be told what to do, just like what you were telling us with your dad that he said, yeah, no Y chromosome. You went, oh yeah, don't tell me what to do. <laughs> That is exactly the way it is. How funny. Wow. <laughs> That's in your name. And it says that because you have that rebellious streak and don't want to be told, you've really developed discernment over the years. And so I always think that's a great thing when somebody has a rebellious streak in their name. Your name also says that you choose to learn your lessons through relationships, especially family relationships, because they're the most important, that you like to be included in things. Um, if somebody's going to give you a gift, it's, it's best for them to say, uh, what would you like? And let me get you something off your list because you don't care about the cost of the gift. You care that they took the time to ask what you wanted and then to go find it. Um, your name also indicates that you made yourself likable, but you're not going to change who you are and able to get liked. that you have a great memory. You're very organized. You know, you can find anything, but you're really organized and have that memory for areas of interest. And if you're not interested, who cares anyway? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and that you have found that your freedom is very important to you. And so you don't try to clamp down or micromanage the people around you because if freedom is important to you, you expect it to be important to other people also. But your name really shines forward in having a philosophy that is in alignment with some of the major philosophies in all the religions of the world. It's like you put all the religions in a bucket and you said, okay, I'm going to grab out of the center, and that's going to be my philosophy. And so it says that you've taken it to heart um, what the major teachings are of the world. So that's that, some of what your name says. That is amazing. I mean, there's a story behind there. When I was at Harvard, I took a course called World Religion. So it was looking into in-depth of a Christianity, Judaism, uh, Islam, and the Buddhism, Buddhism. There was a four at that time. And then, you know, extra credit, you can do Hindu and Jainism and things like that. But, you know, looking at all of those, I always felt that, you know, there was deep down really similar and also very similar on top for the organizational need. But, uh, you know, I can get the like a gist of each religion and that's how I've been practicing myself. And it's just amazing how you can tell that from a name. Yes. I mean, there's so much more. When I give readings, I can go in depth as far as they want me to go, depending on how much time we have. <laughs> so it's, um, it, it's really fun because you never meet a stranger. Mm. You can always tell when somebody introduces themselves and you say, how do you spell that? And as they're spelling, you're translating. <laughs> wow. In your head, ah, this is who this person really is. How so, come we don't learn anything like this in medical school? I mean, that's what's fascinating. I mean, I read your uh, the, the website and I heard all these interviews. I'm like, wow, this is this amazing science behind how to interact and the uh, relationship and psychology. Yet we don't know a thing about it in medical school. Well, you also don't always learn the Myers-Briggs, the Enneagram or the BRIC system, you know, and all of those are comparable. I mean, they're all different. They well, 
that's covered in the psychology, basic psychology. There's more of in the uh, pre-medical setup there. So those I have heard about before, but uh, this like a name analysis is just fascinating. Well, it took me 15 years to put all the pieces together, and then I tested it for three years in 72 countries and 49 of our states. And then it took me two and a half years to write the book because everybody kept saying, where can I find out more? And, mm. you know, I'm a math major. I wasn't a writer. So uh-huh. I had the editor, when he first read it, he goes, mm, you write like a math major, which he did. <laughs> and I thought, okay, that doesn't sound good, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so the book got rewritten after his suggestions of taking every paragraph that was very compact and making it into a whole page. And then my daughter read it, who had heard me give the class, and said, Mom, you need more examples. So now it reads like the Inquirer. And then I had 10 friends read it and give me their input, and I made all those changes. So I ended up rewriting that book a good 12 times. And so it ended up winning an award for excellence in writing. And I thought, okay, that, <laughs> which was really nice, but it's really because of all the effort that all my friends did, you know, giving me suggestions. So uh, we need to take a break. So stay tuned okay. to know the name, know the genius in you which is being heard on xzbn.net and xzone broadcast network and on the website knowthename.com after the break we're going to find out how the fundamental concept of self image is determined because that's what Dr. Shin has learned through working on all of her patients so stay tuned because you're going to want to know this Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the X-Zone Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. You have heard of the X-Zone? Now watch it on TV plus 500 video games, live TV channels, free video on demand, worldwide, and more. Does this sound like tomorrow's television? Well, it is, but you can have it today, right now. It is Simul TV. Simul TV offers what the others only wish they could provide. 15 exclusive channels like X-Zone, Sci-Fi, and Horror. We are worldwide. No other provider offers that. 500 built-in video games, No need to have an extra expensive system. We have them included. Free video on demand. Live streaming events from around the world. Interactive online network and much more. Tomorrow's TV today. Simul TV. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. You can have Simul TV today. Sign up at SimulTV.com. Do it today. We live in rapidly shifting times of extreme volatility and uncertainty. Such profound change brings a unique opportunity for the evolution of consciousness. I'm Gwilda Wiecka, host of Mission Evolution Radio Show, a program that explores the latest scientific developments and deepening spiritual truths supporting human evolution. 
Join me on xzbn.net where I interview leading experts in science, physics, medicine, spirituality, and more. By applying divergent viewpoints to leading-edge topics, we uncover expansive and evolutionary truth to assist you on your path to enlightenment. More information and past episodes are available at missionevolution.org. and you're listening to Know the Name, Know the Genius in You, which is being heard on xzbn.net and knowthename.com. Our guest tonight is Dr. Rena Shin, whose website is Adonis, um, and then I can't even pronounce the thing, I want to spell it for you, okay? So A-D-O-N-I-S, which is the name of her organization, and then Aesthetics is is A-E-S. T-H-E-T-I-C-S dot com. And every time I'll spell it for you, but it's Adonis Aesthetics. So I want to ask one quickie question before we get into the meat of this. And that is going along the pathway to become a doctor and then a cosmetic surgeon, there had to have been stumbling blocks along the way. So what were they and how did you overcome them? Well, um, the actual part of going all the way to general surgeon was relatively uh, straightforward. Um, the stumbling block might have been, mm, you know, difficulty uh, projecting for the future and uh, getting uh, the students' loans and that kind of like a minor issues. But there was no um, question about where I was heading and how to get there. And actually, frankly, it was easier than people think because it's really well organized. It's all tracked out. You go to undergrad, you go to medical school, you go to residency and you become a, you know, the doctor certified in whatever field. The stumbling block actually came when I transitioned into the cosmetic surgery because the, even the understanding my uh, patients was completely different. You know, I thought, well, I'm a doctor and I'm just adding additional uh, specialty onto it. But when the people who come in for general surgery concerns, their appendix is busted or a gallbladder is still rotting, and they will tell you that I hurt here. And when I do this, this happens or that. And so from which we can construct this kind of scenario that will support our diagnosis and treatment and all that kind of stuff. It was always like a faced value of what our patients told us. But going into cosmetic surgery, I have this the humongous switch that I had to overcome, which was patients are telling me something, but if I do what they tell me on their face value, they are not happy. I mean, it took me a while to figure out that was due to multiple issues, one of which is including the self-image. But nonetheless, entire field of cosmetic surgery is a psychiatry. Because, you know, or psychology, because they will come in and they're trying to expose their very um, intimate, deep down insecurity. You know, I don't like my face or I don't like my body or something uh, around there. I want to improve this or that. They're exposing very, very intimate details about their life or the aspect of their life they've never even um, let known of their close relationships, friends or family members. So as such, they cannot really come out and say something straight. So they'll usually point fingers at many different things like this brown spot bothers me or this, this something else bothers me. So it takes actually a lot longer for me to figure out <laughs> what their real true core issue is. And quite often that is due to the self images. And I, I can tell you more about that. But that was the, the biggest transition that I had to experience in my medical career. I have, I'm curious if many people come in to get cosmetic surgery because their spouse is not pleased with some part of their body or they feel that they would be more attractive to their spouse if they changed. Did you find that to be the case or not so? Quite often, a lot more than I suspected. I, you know, we learned about body dysmorphia and all that, and we treated that as if that's a sort of small portion of abnormal uh, behavior. But actually, the other way around, the the people who have absolutely no problem with themselves and just walk in to get small, simple thing done and go home and happy as if they're going through, you know, Macy's store and get something what they want to get out. That's very rare. 
a lot of times people have some type of insecurity about themselves or the discontentment and they'll come in and ask for specific procedures. And you're correct, you're perfectly right. I mean, I have had people who were telling me that they want to have breast augmented or face drastically improved, but what they're actually saying is just tell me that I'm still good looking, that I'm desirable, that I'm lovable, because my husband just cheated on me with a younger woman and I can't stand it. You know, that's the kind of background story that I'm not a psychic person or, or even sensitive to that kind of, uh, background feeling, but yet that's the information I had to tease out for me to deliver the correct thing. Because otherwise, if I don't know about that and do beautiful breast augmentation that I can prove with the pictures to anybody that before and after is a great improvement, but the same patient will sue me. Because as far as she's concerned, I didn't deliver what she needed, which was the absolute um, set, uh, the, the conviction to herself that she is good enough and she is lovable. So it's, it has got a lot trickier because general surgery is quite clear. You have a, a rotten <laughs> appendix. I didn't remove it. Then I'm at fault. If I did, I did my job, you know, fairly straightforward. But when it came to the cosmetic and aesthetic work, it became a lot more of a psychological analysis of a given person. Have you found that culture makes a difference? Because I know that when I lived in Germany, the culture was very different than here. And then when I lived in Japan and then I lived in China, the cultures were very different. Like when I lived in China, they wanted eyes that were shaped like a white person's eyes. And I thought, your eyes are gorgeous. You know, why would you want to do that? And so have you found in your own surgery practice that depending on the culture that the person comes from, uh, what they think is beautiful or what they want done? Culture, definitely, yes, as well as the time. I mean, even within given culture, the trends and fads and the acceptable new norm is drastically different. I mean, here's this funny story. You know, I people ask me uh, often, like, you're in the beauty industry. Do you ever feel insecure about how you look or something? And I tell them, well, thanks to my upbringing, I was born and raised in the fresh post-war Korean war in Korea, South Korea. And back then, we didn't have any means to even the looks of a good looking people, right? We knew that there were movie stars and the uh, talents and all that, but they're locked up somewhere. We don't even get to see them. There wasn't billboards or the anything plastered on the street. So, you know, you just look at other people, your uh, peers, friends, or relatives, and you, you look at them and say, hey, gee, you're as ugly as I am. And they look at you and they're like, yeah, you're as ugly as I am. And so we knew that we're just average, right? The concept that you have to look perfect, gorgeous, flawless, was not in our mental picture at all. And I come to this country and my jaw just dropped in my high school. You know, that's when I came here. I see all these gorgeous looking boys and girls who look like they popped out of the movie theater. And yet they were having almost every one of them, the self-doubts and the issues about their self-esteem. But yet at this time, Korea is number one country in the entire world leading in cosmetic surgery. There, everybody thinks that, that everybody should be giving a cosmetic surgery in middle school or the before high school. Uh, and everybody wants to look like each other. So there was one joke, one of the plastic surgeons um, put up the picture of the 26 or however many contestants of the beauty contest in Korea. And he asked us to doctors, what is wrong with this picture? And he said, I thought it was the joke on the, the Photoshop work on all those people because every one of them look almost ex exactly like each other and so drastically different from how they were born. There was even the story of the uh, some uh, the actress who went home to her hometown and her own father didn't recognize her and was shooing her away saying that, that she was not taking solicitors. Uh, so the <laughs> it's a culture. Uh, because especially in Asian cultures where the conformity has a lot of values and they now have a means to make everybody look exactly like each other, more or less. And so that seems to be what they're doing. But that's almost cheating because if you marry somebody, you have no idea what your kids are going to look like because you don't know what they looked like before. <laughs> there, there, there was an episode of the uh, two 
famous actor and actress accusing each other of infidelity because their child was ugly as a pumpkin. <laughs> and, and so the, she and he both, uh, um, you know, accused of each other and then both confessed that they had drastic cosmetic surgery on both of them. <laughs> That's why that the baby looked, because the, their parents and relatives said, well, they look like a so-and-so when they were young. So that, <laughs> that's the story. So how do you determine what the fundamental concept of self-image is in each individual patient? How do you go about that? So the self-image, that's the, the uh, word that Dr. Maltz coined, was didn't even exist before his time. Uh, but it is something that we build in our head and it is influenced by very powerful people our parents, our uh, siblings, or peers, or friends, or our loved ones, or first love. These are the people who have really strong influence on us. And so whatever the information they imparted to us, we just absolutely accepted it as a truth. And as such, if that I'm telling you that you're stupid, you are bad at math, that's it, you're bad at math. You know, without any other scientific or other data to back it up, we just wholesale accept that. And so a lot of times self-image is a mixture of those informations we received. And we only changed when we're forced to. So, you know, sometimes, you know, people realize, oh my gosh, if I'm bad at math, how come I'm getting 100 on this test or whatever it is? And the, um, you know, the, the many examples ex exist, but nonetheless, our self-image image has to be challenged from the outside and for us to say, wait a minute, how did I get this information? And then once the presented evidence of the reality is so different from what you held in your head, then you're more likely to change to that new self-image values. Okay. We need to hold it right there. I want to continue this though when we come back from our next break. Stay tuned to Know the Name, Know the Genius in You, which is being heard on XZBN.net and XZone Broadcast Network Station and on the website Know the Name. This show is dedicated to finding out about self-image and plastic surgery. After the break, we're going to find out some of the different ways that Rena has assist assisted people. <laughs> Broadcast studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, to the world and beyond. You're watching the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. You have heard of the Exxon? Now watch it on Simul TV, plus 500 video games, live TV channels, free video on demand, worldwide, and more. Does this sound like tomorrow's television? Well, it is, but you can have it today, right now. It is Simul TV. Simul TV offers what the others only wish they could provide. 15 exclusive channels like Exxon, Sci-Fi, and Horror. We are worldwide. No other provider offers that. 500 built-in video games. No need to have an extra expensive system. We have them included. Free video on demand live streaming events from around the world, interactive online network, and much more. Tomorrow's TV today, Simul TV. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. You can have Simul TV today. Sign up at simultv.com. Do it today. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the X-Zone Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 
401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. Rob McConnell here, presenting an overview for Nicholas Paul Jinnix, author of a fascinating book, Amen. It presents facts revealed by Egyptologists, facts that enable us to understand why Amen is the beginning of creation of God. It provides recommendations for religious leaders of the major religions to unify their beliefs and teach the Word of God, love one another. Amen informs people how mankind conceived God. It was the Egyptians that developed the concepts of a soul, a hereafter, and son of God, and finally, After the worship of many gods, they conceived the belief in one universal God, the maker of all there is. For more information, visit www. Children in Ukraine have been wounded and are traumatized by the violence. UNICEF is on the ground providing health, hygiene, and critical emergency supplies. Please go to unicef.org to donate now. Thank you. Futureofgodamen.com That's www.futureofgodamen.com Welcome back. I'm Sharon Lynn Wyeth, and you're listening to Know the Name, Know the Genius in You. Our guest tonight is Dr. Rena Shin, an MD, who is a plastic surgeon. She can be reached at Adonis aesthetics.com. And I'm going to spell that for you. So Adonis is A-D like David O-N-I-S and aesthetics is A-E-S-T-H-E-T-I-C-S.com. So Rena, before the break, we were talking about a self-image and how we have this belief of what other people have impressed upon us. And as you were speaking, I was thinking, you know, when I taught community college math, my very first thing I would ask everybody is, how many people in this math class think that you're bad at math? And just about every single hand in the room would, would go up. And then I'd say, okay, so I want to know who told you that and why you believe them. And that would always be how I started those classes. And then I'd say, please give me tonight to show you that you can actually be very good at math. You know, And that's how I would start those classes. So those really young impressions really do carry through and are so important. So you were saying that when outside people start questioning our beliefs about ourselves, that helps to change. So how do you do that before surgery so they can accept the change afterwards? Well, it's more important for me to find out whether they're changeable or not. Because there are some people, they're a new stage at a state at which they're going to change their um, self-image for whatever reasons, then those are the people that I prefer not to operate on or postpone or convince them why they don't need to have an operation because my doing operation, uh, good or bad, has no impact on them because they have a specific self-image in their head and that's going to persist. And so in order to, so for me, I don't do any specific to um, prepare for the patients, but the only thing I do is making sure that the operation that they're choosing is um, going to be appropriate and um, a correct one for them at that time. Uh, sometimes I tell them that, yes, you're a perfect candidate for this surgery, but I'm not going to do that to you because you're just going through a divorce or breakup or whatever it is. And as such, you're not going to heal well. And this is elective surgery, so I have absolutely no obligations to follow your schedule, but making sure that you're going to heal. And quite often I can convince people that why it would be a good idea for them to wait for six months at least after the uh, big events. And sometimes they come back for six months follow-up and say, you're right, I don't need it. You know, I didn't want to have that one. I just, at that moment, that's what I wanted. But now that I had some time, I don't think I need it. So, you know, that makes my business manager kick me on the shin, but, you know, it's good <laughs> business for for them because it was truly not something they wanted. Um, once they have some 
uh, the thought that is implanted in them already. I mean, I see gorgeous, beautiful, drafted uh, men and women who walk in through my office and inside they truly believe they are not uh, pretty or that they are desirable. It's just absolutely mind boggling. I experienced this like amazing mental power when I was a medical student and was going through this psychiatric rotation in that there was a guy like six foot two and at one point he was really heavy, you know, three, 400 pounds or whatever. And he was barely 98 pounder. He did not make triple digits. And so you can see every single bone line on his skull because he no longer could have any hair or the fingernails or anything like that. And you can see every single blood vessels. And we put him in front of the mirror and asked him, how do you look? And he would have just try to pinch on his non-existent skin in, under his uh, chin and say, you know, I just need to lose a little bit more here. So in his head, he was still seeing that three hundred plus pound man, despite the fact that the realities are so um, uh, drastically different. So the um, that was the uh, powerful um, uh, the example that I saw. And that still goes on with the um, cosmetic patients as well. They they do not see themselves as the um, the someone who have a beautiful outside because inside there was some message, whatever it was that was given to them uh, through all the time that you're not good enough, you're not pretty enough. And that's what they're hearing. Well, I remember one day in college, I came home uh, for the weekend and I said to mom, I remember telling her, mom, I, all my friends are the homecoming queens, the homecoming princesses, the, you know, the good looking cheerleaders, the whatever. And I said, all of my friends are so good looking, you know, that I feel ugly in comparison. And my mother said, oh, that's such a simple solution to that problem. And I looked and I said, what? And she goes, just find ugly friends and then you'll be the good looking one. <laughs> Wise woman. <laughs> And I just kind of went, okay, got it. It doesn't really matter, you know, but I remember right. that conversation so clearly. So um, it, it's just interesting how our self images can be like that, you know, but growing up, I had three sisters that all modeled out of my four sisters. And so I think the two of us always thought, mm -hmm, what's wrong with us? But it didn't bother me. I always thought, okay, I'm going to have to develop a personality because I got to have something. If you know, if you don't have the looks, you got to have the personality, or you got to have something, or the sense of humor, or the something, right? Exactly, right. <laughs> so not everybody's going to have going to have the looks. So how do you go about helping someone change their self image of themselves? Are there techniques to help somebody do that? Well, I'm, I'm not a trained psychologist or psychiatrist, so I don't have any specific um, things that I can uh, advocate. And then there are people who do many different kind of things. What I found is just something that is just simple enough um, to just ask them questions, right? And it's just slightly nodding and probing for them to look into it because a lot of times actually people have no idea that that's how they've been thinking about. It. I mean, they don't even know that that was their deeply held uh, self-image and things like that. So for instance, like somebody says, I'm absolutely convinced that I need to have this, you know, the um, bigger boobs or the, um, the, the belly lines. I want to sign up for this surgery. And I say, okay. And why do you think that is the case? And I sort of probe into why and why and why and why to see why they think that is necessary. And quite often it always goes down to the very bottom line of when they're vulnerable, you know, when they're tiny, when they're young, or when they're just fallen in love, they have heard from someone else that they were not good enough. And if they're fighting that problem, we need to have them change. And the, you know, the way to prove it is like, oh, look, what are you? You know, if you're a 32 year old, uh, you know, the CFO of a given uh, places, I mean, they have amazing accomplishments for their abilities or their kindness or their um, uh, just being human part. So just pointing out to them about how wonderful they are already, that they are more than good enough, that they don't have to buy into the the uh, hypnotic no noises that they heard. In fact, Dr. Mike Maxwell 
well, Maltz calls it as an unhypnotizing process because everybody bought into this concept of who, who we were as a self-image without us having had any chance to test it or prove it or disapprove it. We just got a whole bunch of these uh, landed onto our brain and been sort of uh, doing a mantra of doing same saying you know, hearing the same thing again and again and again, like you're bad at math, you're bad at math. Well, where's the evidence? There was no evidence, but still you hear you're bad at math, bad at math, and then it gets into your brain. And as such, you know, for us to get out of it, we have to do the reverse mantra of unhypnotizing ourselves. Look at you, you got 98 in the last test, so you're great at math. Look at you, you got 78 in the math, you're great at math. You just do that again and again to convince your brain by hearing new mantra that what you held to be true before is no longer the truth. You know, I'm really curious because you've mentioned how, how women go in to get uh, their breast enhanced. Do the same amount of women go in to get their breast reduced or is that very rare? Oh, that happens more often now than did before. Breast reduction reduction before was uh, sometimes a medical condition because the breast is so uh, heavy that it digs into your bra and the shoulders or give a low back pain and that kind of stuff. So it wasn't as popular, but uh, the now that um, the people are looking for the, the fit look, so not all everybody wants to have the Pamela Anderson look. Uh, the, the reduction is also definitely going on and also more of a part of the mommy makeover because there it has to be, it's actually augmented and lifted. <laughs> That's sometimes what some people um, like to have, but it, the, all the uh, augment, augmentation, reduction, lift, they're all part of the uh, very popular breast surgeries. Now, I know different people that go in and have Botox injections all the time. Um, in about just one minute, and then we'll have to continue after the next break. Why would anybody get a Botox injection, and what does that do for them? Botox is the best way of relaxing muscles. As for any kind of frown lines or deep wrinkles you got from the excessive muscle use, Botox is the king. That's the best way to take care of that. Oh, are there side effects if you have Botox put in? Yes, there, there can be, but quite often the small amount that you're using for cosmetic purposes, anywhere from 20 units to even up to 100 units, that's so small, it's probably rare for you to have the kind of the black box warning, um, the, 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 the side effects that you have to worry about, which can be paralysis and the bruising and the, um, uh, the, that kind of stuff. Has it been around long enough that we've seen the long-term effects of having Botox? I'd say so. It's been like a 38, almost 40 years that Botox has been around. And the uh, Botox is the first one that got approved in America. And okay. then the. Hold that thought. We okay. need our last break. Stay tuned to Know the Name, Know the Genius in You on xzbn.net and knowthename.com. After the break, we're going to find out what Dr. Rita Shin has in her name that has assisted her that you might have in your name as well. Stay tuned. heard of the X-Zone? Now watch it on Simul TV, plus 500 video games, live TV channels, free video on demand, worldwide and more. Does this sound like tomorrow's television? Well it is, but you can have it today, right now. It is Simul TV. Simul TV offers what the others only wish they could provide. 15 exclusive channels like X-Zone, Sci-Fi and Horror. We are worldwide. No other provider offers that. 500 built-in video games. No need to have an extra expensive system. We have them included. Free video on demand. Live streaming events from around the world. Interactive online network and much more. Tomorrow's TV today. Simul TV. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. You can have Simul TV today. Sign up at simultv.com. Do it today. 
The new nonfiction book, Razor of Madness, is similar to cult movies like Clockwork Orange, Dragon's Tattoo, or The Other Side of Hell. Wayne Morin Jr. and Thomas Lee Howe will expose widespread and systematic deficiencies in this thought-provoking tell-all novel. Mind control rages among scholars in law schools. Human rights are ignored while thought reform and mental manipulation are accepted practices used as behavior modification. Dr. Louis Jolion West comes to mind. Media and public scrutiny shows that United States mental hospitals are in fact destructive murder industries. Razor of Madness Expose Novel details this epidemic through an in-depth professional and personal investigation. For decades, there has been a revolving door policy that still releases killers and pedophiles back into society. The maestro of mind control continues to haunt America to this very day. Razor of Madness is available in paperback or as a downloadable ebook at Amazon.com. The concept of a new age has been around since the late 19th century, yet much of its original meaning has been lost. What exactly is the new age? Is it a religion? A collection of obscure esoteric practices? A series of doomsday predictions? Or an astrological event? The New Age Chronicles is a unique, complementary publication bringing reason and grounded information to separate fact from fiction. Chuck full of valuable information to support you as we make the monumental shift into the new era. You won't want to miss a single innovative issue. The New Age Chronicles newspaper is coming soon to www.newagechronicles.com. Sharon Lynn Wyeth, and you're listening to Know the Name, Know the Genius in You. Our guest tonight is Dr. Rena Shin, whose website is adonisaesthetics.com. Let's spell that one again. Adonis is A-D-O-N-I-S, and aesthetics is A-E-S-T-H-E-T-I-C-S, adonisaesthetics.com. Now, Dr. Rena has taken her skills to a level where she's able to assist others through various techniques so that they feel better about their appearance and their own self-image. So right before the break, we were talking about Botox, and I had to cut you off. And so go ahead and finish. Like we were talking about if there were negative side effects of Botox, and I'm thinking just the needle marks of getting it in, but correct me, please. Okay, so I was telling you that the Botox is the oldest, about 38 years or so. And then the next came in Dysport, D-Y-S-P-O-R-T. And the latest one is Xeomon, X-E-M-O-N, M-E-N. So X-E-O-M-E-N. And those are three different companies that's making it. But bottom line ingredient is exactly the same, botulinum toxin A. And it's been used long enough and with also the medical use, such as the cervical dystonia patients where the uh, neck is just frozen shut to the shoulder and they need lots of units, like close to tens of thousands of units of the uh, Botox or myoblock, which is a similar type of thing, uh, then they can relax and all that. So there's lots of good um, medical uses for it. But the cosmetically speaking, any wrinkles that you are bothered by that is formed by excessive muscle use, such as looking surprised on your forehead, all those horizontal lines, and then the looking angry, so frown lines, as well as the crow's feet lines. Uh, those are excellent for treatment by the what's called neuromodulators, that's Botox, Dysport, and Xeomin. There are other wrinkles, obviously, in your face, such as you get wrinkles because you have lost your fat, like volume losses, then Botox is not going to help you with those. You need to put the fillers in there, either um, artificial or the um, temporary fillers um, that is usually made of hyaluronic acid that's naturally occurring in your body, or you can have fat injections and things like that. The third time when people have issues on their faces are usually from the rough skin changes, either from the sun uh, exposures or the smoking and things like that. And for that, you need to have a laser resurfacing to have best results. You know, that's just fascinating to me. It kind of reminds me of when my friends have said that it's better to be fat because you don't get the wrinkles. You're already all puffed out, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and 
she's right. There's definitely a point about that. <laughs> you know, so I kind of have to laugh at that one. So um, are there specific steps that someone can take to increase their concept of themselves that you're aware of? The very best thing anybody can do is just to stand in front of the mirror and ask yourself, how are you? And if they're truly able to say, Jish, I think I'm great. I'm happy. I like myself. That's the greatest starting point. Because if you're content with who you are, regardless of all this shortcomings and the problems and all that kind of stuff, but if you're still content with yourself, you're set. Anything else we can do is just additional things for you. But if you have anything to complain about yourself, if you stand in front of the mirror and say, oh God, I can't stand that nose, or oh, I need to get my lips fattened up, whatever it is, then you know it's really hard to change. So I ask people to just start learning to like yourself and be content with yourself and just give a slack, you know? After all, you're 75 years old. You don't have to look like 25. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've noticed people as they get older sometimes would like a little help or assistance here or there. Um, your story reminds me of when I would come home or my husband would come home. You know, we always said if we needed a time off because something, you know, wasn't as pleasant during the day and we just needed some, you know, think time or alone time before the kids grabbed us, we would, you know, when we greeted the other person, we'd say, How was your day? And if our answer was, well, the dog bit my leg, that was really our way of saying, you know, give me some space and some private time and then I'll come out and join you. And so um, when I was older in my late 40s, um, I was out giving a talk in San Diego and a dog literally bit the end of my nose off. That was out, <laughs> whatever, my friend's dog. And it turns out I was the third one he bit. But um, anyway... He literally bit the end of the nose off and I had to give a talk that night. And so I was all bandaged up and I gave the talk and then I went to see the plastic surgeon. And the whole time I had said growing up, how come my nose is different than everybody else's in the family? I want to have the same kind of nose. So I started laughing when the guy was working on me and he was saying, hold still, hold still. And finally he said, what is so funny? And I said, if you look at how dissatisfied I was because my nose didn't look like my sister's when I was growing up. And the fact that we always said that the dog bit our no, you know, bit our leg and you put those together, then I created this where the dog bit my nose, <laughs> you know, you got to watch what we say. And as I could see the humor, I mean, I just went, yeah, it looks kind of funny for a while. And you can still, if you look closely, see where I had my nose sewn back together. But when the plastic surgeon said, well, here's your chance. How do you want your nose to look? I mean, my answer was just make it like it was as best you can. <laughs> you, know? you know, so it's funny how we think we want something. And then if we push comes to shove, maybe we really don't. Exactly. And sometimes that's the that's my job to find out why do you want to have this thing done? Why do you want to have this thing? thing or why does this bother you? And sometimes it's just really off the chart type of thing that the, the, I had a lady who was like, look, look that Chinese dog, you know, all uh, the crumpled up. And I thought, well, she probably is asking for the facelift and this and that, all that. And she says, no, nothing bothers that. I, I have no problem with that. But can you see this brown spot? That bothers me. I was like, really? <laughs> to really look hard for that brown spot between all those folds of skin. But that bothers her because her grandmother had a brown spot. And in her in mind, the old people get brown spot. And she has lots of other discolorations. But this brown spot was reminding her of her grandmother. And that's why it was bothering her. So I got rid of that brown spot for her. I mean, it's the lightest one. I mean, it's the simplest one. And after that, she was happy because she wasn't her grandmother. You know, she may look like a, the Chinese dog, but she was not her grandmother. Thus, she was not old. So a lot of times, you know, the, it's, there really is, I, I got to realize that there really wasn't any external uh, the evidence of a beauty that I can impose on people. Everybody's sense of a beauty is very different. And everybody of, uh, everybody's understanding of why they want to improve is so different. And so a lot of times it becomes my job to sort of help them tease out, why are you here? What do you really want to look? 
because it's expensive, this field. A lot of things are very effective, but they're expensive. And I want people to have some budget in their mind and sort of know what it is that they can get for the best value for what they're paying for and also more appropriate for them and things like that. Uh, and that's why your management doesn't like it so much when you help talk somebody out of surgery, huh? <laughs> right. <laughs> so, so I'm just curious now. Do you get paid a consultation fee or do the doctors get paid a consultation fee if you've talked them out of surgery or is that first consultation usually not charged? How does that work? Well, usually it's not charged or it's charged and get a whole bunch of discounts gets done. So in bottom line is the, I don't get paid. So if I turn someone away, then that's a business I have lost. But I found out very interesting thing, despite the fact I turn away ooh, good about two thirds of the people who are seeking um, the cosmetic procedures after I talk to them or uh, turn them into do something very different from what they had in their mind. But I really haven't lost anybody per se, because even the ones who don't get to have any surgeries, they're very impressed with the integrity they encountered and they come back and do something else or they um, recommend me to the other friends who are more appropriate for doing the procedures and things like that. So that's that's my uh, argument against my um, business managers to see. I don't lose money. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I think in the long run, then you can live with yourself and, you know, you can sleep at night because you know you did the right thing. I just want to thank you so much, Dr. Shin, for joining us. Uh, this has just been fascinating. And I appreciate how thoroughly you've answered all the questions. So any of us that were curious about plastic surgery have a better idea. Thank you so much for being with us. You're so welcome, and thank you so much for inviting me. Oh, my pleasure. Okay, be surprised and pleased if you get to experience Rena's work. Her website, again, is adonisaesthetics.com, and I'm going to spell it one more time. It's A-D-O-N-I-S for Adonis, and then aesthetics is A-E-S-T-H-E-T-I-C-S. Com. Now, Rena's name excels at including others in the process of finding their self-esteem and finding out the truth behind why the individual isn't happy with their appearance. Now, this is found in two things in her name, a combination. It's the first vowel being an I for inclusivity and also having the letter R anywhere in the first or middle name. So if your first vowel is an I for inclusivity and you have an R somewhere in your name because you're going to find the truth and that's what that signifies and it can be anywhere in the first or the middle name, you too can figure out the cause behind what is happening and why. Do you know where your genius lies? I'm Sharon Lynn Wyatt, host of the radio show, Know the Name, Know the Genius in You, which is heard every weekday at various hours right here on xcbn.net radio and Exxon Broadcast Network and on knowthename.com. Tune in to hear the fascinating ways other people have discovered the genius in themselves and what they're able to accomplish. In each show, you'll hear clues on how you can recognize your own innate genius. For all the days and times of Know the Name, Know the Genius in You, Remember to go to xzbn.net and check out our broadcast schedule. This is Sharon Lynn Wyatt signing off. Modern Esoteric, Beyond Our Senses by Brad Olson, consummates the lifeology story about where humanity originates. It is the lost continents, the primitive wisdom, the mythos of creation, and the rethinking of ancient history as we are taught in academia. There is much more to the story than what we have been told. As this is the first book in the Esoteric series, Modern Esoteric starts at the beginning of time and accelerates up to this modern age. Future Esoteric is book two in the series and takes a forward-looking position ahead of today with an open and honest examination of the ET issue and various unexplained phenomena. To discover the writings of author Brad Olson, visit www.bradolson.com. That's www.bradolson.com.
Are you or is someone you know struggling with addictions, depression, anxiety, relationships, low self-esteem, lack of confidence, grief, success, and prosperity? Do you know that your subconscious belief plays a big role in the outcome of your hard work? We can help you permanently change the beliefs that may be the reason for your struggles and failures. We care about getting you the return on your investment and the results you are looking for. We can help you be free of the limitations of your past and in realizing your highest potential. We work with people by phone and Skype. For more information, visit us at www.ritasoman.com. That's www.ritasoman.com. Do you think you have energy problems in your home? Do you feel better when you're away than when you're home? Joey Korn is a global leader in the world of dowsing who specializes in personal energy clearing and space clearing. He can help you create an ideal energy environment in your home no matter where you live in the world. Learn about his remote spiritual house cleaning services and much more at www.dowsers.com. You can get Joey's book, Dowsing, A Path to Enlightenment, as well as other dowsing books and tools, Kabbalah books, and Walter Russell books. Joey's work is really amazing. Go to dowsers.com right now. That's D-O-W-S-E-R-S dot com or call 1-877-DOWSING. That's 1-877-369-7464.